Welcome to Sterile Packaging on Track Radio. This podcast delivers insights on medical device packaging from regulatory affairs, process management, as well as discussions on the latest in sterile device packaging technologies. Each episode, our host, Charlie Webb, speaks with global experts to bring the most relevant information to our esteemed listeners. As sterile packaging compliance becomes increasingly more challenging, it is vital to avoid information gaps that could risk your medical device packaging program. Avoid package failure risks and build your skill set from your colleagues' experience and from insights from sterile device packaging subject matter experts. You're listening to Charlie Webb on Sterile Packaging on Track Radio. Hello and welcome back, devoted listeners. Thank you for staying with us here on Sterile Packaging on Track Radio, Spot Radio. Today, I just want to do a, a quick little State of the Union on our podcast and also have you listen in to a piece I did uh, where I was interviewed for Beyond Clean. I'll talk about that in just a moment. So on the State of the Union side, things are going pretty well. Um, we're about eight episodes into the program right now, into this podcast. I guess one of the challenges that we're having, and I know other podcasters suffer the same fate, is that in order to get amazing SMEs, experts, you need to have a lot of listeners. And in order to get a lot of listeners, a lot of that bold listenership, you need to have amazing guests. So it's one of these chicken and egg conundrums that we're suffering through right now. I mean, last week, I think I sent out maybe uh, 10 requests for an interview and I got zero responses. Not even a, hey, thanks for asking, but I'm busy. Just nothing which is really surprising to me. I mean, at one point I was a uh, consultant and you know, you have to, in order to uh, really develop your brand and to keep moving, you need to position yourself as an expert. And so any opportunity I had to be interviewed for magazines, I always took those opportunities because I always wanted to have my voice in those publications and also let people get to know me. It's important. Unfortunately, these people don't seem to share that mindset but, you know, I mean, even on the promotional side uh, or these, if you have to monetize these kind of things, then at least look at the promotional opportunity to be on a podcast. But anyway, so we're a little bit challenged with that. So if you know an SME that would like to join us on our program, uh, please send them our way. And also, if you have colleagues that uh, you think would benefit on the listenership side of this uh, program, please tell them about us so we can get the listenership up, which helps us get more experts and um uh, all of those things are connected, so we appreciate it. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a challenge, but this is the sort of things that happen on the early days of publications and businesses. You know, it's one of those things where nobody wants to talk to you on the early days. Banks don't want to talk to you. Vendors don't want to talk to you. But as soon as you get some momentum and you become well-known now, everybody's your buddy. And I'm hoping we'll get to that point to where we have SMEs calling in saying, hey, I, I want to be on your program. Certainly not to the point where we are at the moment where we're struggling to get people to understand the value of contributing to a community that's specific to their industry. So sterile device uh, packaging is a very niche area. And um, we aim to serve this area and talk about all aspects of sterile device packaging. I mean, everything from clean room to packaging machinery, water quality in the clean room, everything there is in terms of taking your medical device and on the regulatory side and getting it in a pouch and getting it delivered to the point of care. So it's a vital community that we're involved in here. I mean, what we do really impacts uh, 
the efficaciousness of that device. Obviously, if the device is delivered on sterile, there's dire consequences. And so we're all in the world to make sure that those things don't happen. So today, we're going to uh, listen to a little bit of a um, piece that I was interviewed for from an amazing podcast. You know, I urge you, if you're a medical device manufacturer, and you most likely are, you're listening to this program, to dig a little bit deeper into the SPD departments, the sterile processing departments. I know so many, including me, I've been in medical device packaging for 25 years, and I know so little about the sterile processing department and what they do there. In fact, so little that I'm going through a vendor certification program this year. And I'm going to spend about a week in two hospitals in San Francisco, and I'm going to get in there and I'm going to see how these devices are brought into the dirty side of the process and how they're the pre-washing and all of the sterilization modalities that they use and how those devices come from a case all the way through the process and come out the other end a sterile, ready-to-use device. It's it's really interesting to me, uh, reprocessing at a facility for somebody who's on the um, medical device manufacturing side is fascinating. So I urge everyone to stick their head into that side of our business because at one point, my prediction is there's going to be a lot more connectivity between hospital surgery centers and the medical device manufacturers. There has to be. One of the things that I've observed on the uh, sterile processing side is that they're more concerned in their development by using best practices methodologies where we're more of a codified following 11607 type of um, guidelines for our process. So seeing the juxtaposition between these two mindsets is fascinating to me. And I do see that we're going to meld these together. We're going to see more connectivity, more of a global policy on sterile packaging, sterile processing, And that's, I think, where 11607 Part 2 is going to kind of stick its head in there. At one point, there's going to be more of almost a validation sort of a process at the hospital. That's my prediction. So we're going to talk more about that on a future show. Beyond Clean has asked uh, me to be on on their interview, which uh, we did a few weeks past, and it just aired July 1st. So hopefully I was able to deliver some insights about what we do on the medical device manufacturing side. I'm going to ask them some questions when they join us. I'm hoping to have them on two separate episodes. And we're going to ask some questions about, you know, how do they look at the sterile disposables when they come into their facility? How are they handled? What challenges do they have for medical device manufacturers when their device enters the hospitals? Important stuff for you to know about. And so we're going to dig deep. In fact, so much so, as I say, we're going to cover that over two episodes so we can get a better sense of what happens at the hospital. So by all means, dig into the SPD department, start to learn about that because uh, this is something as we move in, we we try to educate ourselves on what's happening next. I believe that that's something that's happening next, the connectivity between the SPDs and medical device manufacturers. And Beyond Clean is a great place for you to listen in to their podcast. It's a a great bunch of energetic guys that are absolutely passionate about uh, sterile processing. And their knowledge bank is uh, so broad. Uh, Very, very bright gentlemen. I really enjoy, I listen to their podcast regularly. I think it's so important and I I think you should too. And you can uh, find them at beyondclean.net and you can select whatever platform that you use for podcasting and just subscribe and listen. Great people. So here's a little 
excerpt from what uh, uh, my interview uh, with them a few weeks past that aired July 1st. This is just a short one, just to sort of hear the, my sort of responses on, on questions that they asked me about uh, medical device manufacturing. If you want to hear the whole episode, just pop over to uh, beyondclean.net and you can hear the whole episode. So without further ado, here is my little piece on uh, the Beyond Clean podcast. Most medical device companies are 1345 ISO companies. And so it's very codified, very specific on how that device is going to get packaged. So as a result of that, we have to have machinery that is smart. Uh, sometimes these are enterprise systems that integrate uh, through Ethernet into the medical device manufacturing. Because as you know, in everywhere in healthcare, everything is about traceability. So we're using machinery that is far more advanced than the hospital would use it. Some of it has to do with budget at the hospital. A lot of times we're hoping to break the boundary is the education of why would you use a control system, uh, OEM system, when you're only a hospital. But now we're seeing some of our customers that are looking for machinery that is more advanced because they're concerned about the human connection. A lot of the uh, seal failures that happen tend to be a human uh, condition opposed to a machine failure. So the goal is to remove out the uh, the human fault and to go more into machine logics, at least on our end of the business. So, Charlie, you've already mentioned uh, one thing that I kind of want to back up and, and talk about quickly is the challenge that comes along with being so far removed from the patient. And so so you have a a very patient-centric business, but you never see the patients who are the end users or the end recipients, I should say, of your product. So how does your business manage to maintain that patient-centric focus? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that's one of the challenges. I think you see it a little bit even in the hospital. I mean, uh, the SPDs are famously downstairs and um, tend to be disconnected, but they're at a healthcare facility. They drive past red crosses attached to buildings and those sort of things. In medical device packaging at the device company, they're completely disconnected. And then hospital, in some cases, would be 100 miles away. So it's challenging for medical device manufacturers to be able to connect the dots. And, you know, now we're talking about new metrics like patient outcome metrics and those sort of things. Like how does what I'm doing in this clean room in Nebraska going to affect uh, a stent recipient in Los Angeles in a week? And it's it's a difficult story to tell. And I believe it's a human resource problem for medical device manufacturers because, their goal is to be able to understand the connectivity between all aspects of their mission in that clean room. And I've over the last 25 years, I've been in hundreds of clean rooms, and you really don't feel like you're connected to a healthcare facility. You feel like you're very much in a, although a very controlled environment, it, it feels like manufacturing. And I think that's going to be a challenge uh, as we get tighter controls for the medical device manufacturers to better connect employees, even management core, to feel more connected to the patient, especially, again, as we're moving into these procedure outcomes, risk-to-patient metrics. We want to be able to connect everyone, and that's why I see, uh, I'm no futurist, but I do feel that there's going to be a melding at one point between the hospitals and medical device manufacturers where there's going to be more of a unification of how things are packaged moving forward, I believe. 
dive penetration is easy to in-service staff. It's an inexpensive system. You can do it occasionally, once a day, once a week, and you can just start by using that in a simple log. Uh, it's remedial, it's 101, but it's a first step in, in package testing, and it's a great way to be able to discover if there, for instance, if the heating element on a, on, a heat, on a sealer had a little bit of a bump or a bruise or something on it, you would not be able to visually see that. So as you're packaging throughout the day, you're a stamping process. So you're milling out all these bad seals. And so you couldn't see them. They're invisible. If you look at the naked eye, there's very little that you could determine. But with the dye penetration, you could see perhaps a fissure, a hairline fissure. To, that leaker is enough to create a sterility loss and a sick patient. Yeah, that's so interesting because you're able to test multiple variables. You're testing the equipment, you're testing your packaging, you're even testing users if it's a manual seal process. And as you said, if, if you're not testing, then who knows if there's a breakdown in any of those variables, right? I was thinking as you were speaking, if we're discussing human elements, there's probably no more human interaction with medical device packaging and the self-seal pill pouches that we see in the industry today. Are we moving toward those, away from those? Everything that we've heard on this interview, you know, seems to be heading more toward a standard automation of the process and away from that type of material. You know, how should our audience think about that particular type of packaging? You know, because of the nature of my business, it's probably a bit like asking Barber if you need a haircut. I, I have a very <laughs> specific opinion, but I, I would say that, you know, in, in general, because on the industrial side anyway, that we have to control all affected attributes. So we have to control temperature, pressure, and time. So when you try to have a human replicate something and, and make it repeatable, it's a, I mean, it's the, the reason that we moved into mechanism or agrarian mechanism long ago. Machines can just simply do things better than we can. And the machine is going to run that material through. It's going to measure temperature plus or minus 2%. It's going to measure force in newtons plus or minus 2%. It's going to convey that material through the heated dyes plus or minus 2%. That would be very difficult for a human to do, even the most alert human. So self-sealing pouches are just simply not used on in our world. You couldn't validate them because it doesn't um, meet the mandates under the Part 2 of ISO 11607, whereas we have to control and monitor critical packaging attributes. And so that's why I believe we're going to see more smarter equipment coming into the hospital to match the mission that we have on the OEM side. We've been at this longer because our the requirements are more codified and universal over our industry. So we think that really the I feel like getting in a van and driving around North America and going to hospitals and saying, hey, do what we do because it's been proven, it's repeatable, We've lived this for years. It's not no longer theoretical. We know that we're getting good results. It's the same reason airplanes stay in the sky and don't fall out where you can order something at your local hamburger stand and half the time it's wrong. We don't have half the time it's wrong because of Six Sigma structures and very controlled structures. And that's that level, airplane level of controls that we want to have in the hospital, those machine-managed 
controls that liberate us from the responsibility of trying to do something that truly a machine can do better. And gosh, you know, we are so far behind them. We have so much technology now that can do so many things. I, I'm quite shocked often to see how primitive a lot of the packaging systems are at that level, uh, at the hospital level, because I have lived in this controlled world for so long. It's quite surprising that, that more of it hasn't spilled south of where we are. You're listening to Charlie Webb on Sterile Packaging on Track Radio. Wow, that was an amazing opportunity to be included on my favorite podcast, and that is Beyond Clean. I suggest you go on over to beyondclean.net and subscribe today. Look, if you are a medical device manufacturer, and you must be, you're listening to this program, you need to get up to speed on what's happening at the hospital. A lot of medical device manufacturers, their world sort of ends at the clean room, but that's certainly not the life cycle of the device. It goes all the way to the hospital and all the way to the point of care. So I urge you to learn more about sterile processing at the hospital and surgery center level. It's an important part of our aggregate story, and I'm going to tell you more about the sterile processing department in future episodes when I'm lucky enough to get them on our program to talk. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, please tell a friend about Sterile Packaging on Track Radio. Thank you for listening to Sterile Packaging on Track Radio. Make sure and subscribe to our podcast today so you will never miss out on our latest episode. If there is a subject you would like us to cover, or if you are an expert yourself and would like to be considered for an upcoming episode, then just drop us a line at info at spotradiopodcast.com. Thanks again for listening in. From all of us at Sterile Packaging on Track Radio, have a great day.